this morning. The title of my message is Going the Long Way or Have I Got Your Attention Yet? Uh oh. We're going to use uh, Jonah today. Pull out old Jonah if you want to take your Bibles. Let's hold them up. Some of you are slow. There you go. They're going. They're going. This is God's Word for me today. We're going to be in Jonah chapter 1. If you want to turn over there real quick, you know, and thinking about this sermon this morning and thinking about old, old Jonah kind of reminds me of a song that one of our favorite Southern Gospel groups sang, Go Jonah. It's a it's a, it's a song based off of uh, Elvira by the Oak Ridge Boys, but our, our, our group, the Cathedral, sang it many, many years ago. And I, we went to see them one day, and this group, and after the concert, I, I, I grabbed, I, I'd, this, the, believe it or not, it was on an 8-track. On an how, how many remember 8? Eight, eight? My, my father-in-law actually got us all... Got my wife and I kind of all excited about the cathedrals. You know, we had eight tracks and, and they had a song on there. Well, the next time I got, I tried to find that song on a cassette tape. You know, we moved up and it wasn't there. So I went to this concert and I said, Hey, I'm looking for that song, you know, Go Jonah. And they said, Ah, uh, yeah, we had to stop doing that. <laughs> kind of got into some copyright. Uh, and even though them and the Oak Ridge Boys were good friends, evidently there was some other people involved and they couldn't sing that song anymore. But anyway, go Jonah! So we start off in Jonah chapter 1. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amatei, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarsus, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. So Nineveh was this direction. Tarsus was this direction, okay? But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God... Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said one to another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you, the sea, that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. 
Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to try to get to, to land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done it as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice for the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let's pray. Lord, this morning I thank you for your word. And I thank you that in your word there are lessons for us to learn for our good and for our benefit. And so, Lord God, this morning may we learn a lesson from you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, how many of you in here are dependent on GPS systems? I just, just went to Wisconsin this last week. I didn't even look at a map. I just simply punched in an address, and I went everywhere that thing told me to go. You, well, you punched in the address. And, I, and so I didn't look at a map. Now, some people, that drive them crazy. I, didn't, I thought, this GPS knows where I'm going. I'll just simply follow it. But when I do that, I hope it doesn't take me the long way around, right? Now, if I want to go somewhere, I can go the short way or I can go the long way. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to choose the short way. I may end up going the long way because I turned the wrong way, right, Josh? But, or I may, you know, whatever. But my choice is to take the shortest route to get there as soon as possible. Well, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah chose the long way. <laughs> he started out going the other direction by choice. Not ever, I don't know what's going through his mind, but evidently he didn't figure that God was ever going to catch up with him. Sometimes have you, have you felt like you were going the long way in a situation of life? You've been in a situation and, and you think you see, you know, you see the outcome and, and yet it feels like you're going the, the long way. As Christians this morning, we represent God to this lost world. Jonah represented God. And God chose Jonah to represent him to the people of Nineveh. God has chosen you to represent him where you're at or where he's calling you to go. I was just thinking, I have so many, so many missionary friends. I call them friends not because I have a long relationship with them, but because I've met them and I've, met their, and I've known their heart and, and I call them friends. And I see that God has called them to do things that I don't want to do. And, but maybe in the beginning they didn't want to either. And many of them will tell you stories about how God got their attention. God wanted to get Jonah's attention. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm hoping 
God doesn't have to go to this drastic measure <laughs> to get my attention. But sometimes I feel like He does. Because I don't listen. I look back through my life and I see where maybe God has called me into things and, and I didn't go and God has had to get my attention. And it's usually not pleasant. Because sometimes He knows it takes an awakening to get us to listen. And so I spend, I spend so much time going the other direction and it just takes me the long way to where He wants me to be. If you remember in the Garden of Eden, there was perfect harmony until Adam and Eve lost sight of who God really was. They began to listen to the pressures of the world, right? It came in the form of Satan as a snake. We don't, I don't know why all that. Didn't he, well, he really wasn't even a snake yet. But it came in the form of a temptation that just was actually coming against who God really was. Got Eve to doubt God, and then got Adam to doubt God, and to doubt His Word. To doubt what He says in His Word was really true. Do you know people like that today? Well, I know that's what it says, but that's not really what it means. And that's what the devil did. You see, what happened then is they became lost. As we look around us in the world today, we see lots of lost people. We see lost people in all these other countries we send missionaries to. We see lost people here in our great country. We see lost people in our towns. And we see lost people in our churches. Many times I believe that they don't even realize what they're searching for. Adam and Eve were just in the garden hanging out. It's awesome. They got everything they need. It's beautiful and it's perfect. Adam probably caught fish every time he went fishing. Eve probably... Every flower she, she saw was beautiful. It was all wonderful. But then one act caused them to get lost. You see, I, I can remember being in the woods hunting in an unfamiliar place and getting lost. I remember, see, I've, I've seen children in the grocery store that had gotten separated from their parents, and for that moment, they were lost. And the desperation in their faces, the desperation when you're lost, and, 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 and you're trying to figure it out, and you're trying to, to find the right direction, and, and, and you're trying to find home, and you're trying to find mom or dad, and you're lost, and you're searching. And all you want is the familiar. All you want to do is see that sign. That, oh, yeah, I remember. That's, I came in that way. All this child is wanting is they want to see a familiar face, somebody that they know, somebody that they feel safe with. In the world today, every lost person is searching for something. 
The truth is they're searching for God and that many times don't even know it. They think they're searching for happiness. They think they're searching for contentment. They think they're searching for wealth. They think they're searching for fame. But what happens is when you're lost, there's something inside of you that can only be filled by God. Because He created us to be filled by Him. He created us for His presence to dwell in Him. So when we're lost, we're searching for Him, even if we don't know it. And you and I represent God to those lost people. You and I are the representation that they have of God to bring them back to where they need to be. As you, hear, as you read this account, we have to understand that the, the, the Ninevites were enemies of the Jews. The Ninevites were horrible people. They were mean. They were lost in the depths of sin. And yet God told Jonah to go there and to preach. I guess God just wants to save lost people. And I guess that it's not based on what they could do for him. He's in search of lost people. And he knew that there was a bunch of them. And he knew that if they just heard, if they just experienced him, what would happen? So Nineveh, Jonah represents us as Christians in a lost world. Nineveh represents a place <laughs> that we don't want to go. The Holy Spirit moved this morning in an area of surrender, which very fittingly goes right along with what we're talking about. Surrender. I don't want to go there, God. I don't want to minister to that people, God. They don't deserve you, God. You see, many of our missionary friends are going to countries that are hostile to the gospel but they're also hostile to God's people. They hate the Jews. But God, why would you send missionaries there? Because there's lost people. And anywhere there's lost people, God is sending representatives so that they can be found. That's you and me. That's every Christian that lives and breathes on this earth today. We are representatives of God to the lost. And many times to places we don't want to go. To people we may not even like. To people we might be afraid of. You see, many times we have to realize that our Nineveh is a place we don't want to go or a thing that we don't want to do or something we don't want to give up, but it's something that God is calling us to surrender. We don't want to surrender, but God calls us to surrender. That's why I believe and the Holy Spirit was saying this morning, each one of us has something that we need to surrender today. And then we go to the place where we begin to bargain with God, right? Well, you know what your kids do when you ask them to do something. They bargain with you. Well, I'll do that after I do this, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this. 
or it's a constant bargain. Well, we begin that with God sometimes. Well, God, you know, I don't want to do that, but I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this. Aren't these all better things anyway, God? Remember what God told the first king of Israel? He said, obedience is better than sacrifice. What does God want from us? Obedience. He wants us to do what he's asking us to do. So he asks us many times to give up things, and we bargain with him. Or he asks us to do things, and we bargain with him. And then sometimes we go beyond the bargaining and we begin to argue with him. Now, I know that many people think you can do whatever you want as long as you argue long enough, right? I will get my way if I just argue long enough. Again, I've been around kids, raised a few, got a few grandkids, and sometimes you think, are you ever going to stop arguing? You're not going to win, but for some reason in their minds, they think, well, if I argue long enough, I will win. We do that with God, don't we? Well, if I argue with God long enough, he's going to give up. He's going to, he's going to let me have my way. I'm just going to tell you, if you get your way, you're not going to like it. That's the long way. Reasons not to go. I'm sure you begin when God begins to talk to you about, I don't know this from experience, but when God begins to talk to you about doing something, you begin to come up with lots of reasons why you shouldn't do that. Why you shouldn't go there, why you shouldn't talk to that person, why you shouldn't give in the offering, why you shouldn't, why you shouldn't love that person, why you shouldn't forgive that person. All kinds of reasons begin to come to mind why that just, God, you must not understand, right? You don't know that person like I do, God, really? Reasons not to go. You see, Jonah thought it would be easier to go the other way. He thought when God said, go here, he looked and he began to evaluate, well, it's going to be easier not to, not to do that, so I'm going to go that way. Well, I got some bad news this morning for you because to tell you the truth if you respond to God's call it's not going to be easy if you do what God's asking you to do I guarantee you you're going to have to stretch a little bit you're going to have to put a little effort into it you're going to have to surrender some things you're going to have to realize it's not going to be easy but if I want to do what God wants me to do it will be worth it the question that comes to mind is, would I rather obey God and do the tough thing or dis disobey Him and have to face Him trying to change my mind? <laughs> he got Jonah in the belly of a whale or a big fish to change his mind. I don't know what it's going to take sometimes for God to change our mind, but believe me, He loves us that much that he wants us to do what's right. I believe as we think about our lives and as we think about the things that we do in, in the course of our lives, and we think about a lot of it has to do with our attitude. Not, 
talked, we talked about this in, in our Sunday school class this morning. And our attitude affects every part of our life. Our attitude affects how we respond to each other. Our attitude uh, has to do with how we respond to the world. Our attitude has a lot to do with how we respond to God. And the thing about it is it's our choice. You see, Jonah chose originally to go the other way. After God got his attention a little bit, can you imagine what kind of conversation you think went on for three days in the belly of a big fish between Jonah and God? Huh? I imagine Jonah made God a lot of promises. God, I'll go wherever you want me to go, and I'll do whatever you want me to do. Whatever. That just popped into my head. Whatever. For three days, this conversation had taken place, and then all of a sudden God says, okay, now it's time. And so he got to come out of the belly of a whale. That's in, I won't say it, the gross way. He'd come out of the belly of the whale. And so the long way around brought Jonah back to the calling God placed on his life. But he still had a choice to make. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen times where God has gotten people's attention. He woke them up. And they still went the other way. You know, and I know people who God has tried so hard to get their attention. He has started gently like He always does. And He's tried harder and harder and harder to get their attention. And they still chose not to obey God. What are they? They're lost. What are you? The representation of God to the lost. It's really up to us to continue to represent God in everything that we do. It's up to us to make the decisions to follow God's plan no matter what, whatever. Whatever you ask. That, if our attitude, I'm going to be honest with you, if every Christian's attitude, including mine, every time, including mine, no matter what, including me, would say, whatever, God, yes, and, and we sit anxiously awaiting the next call, the next move, the next, oh, what, what, what now, God, I just got that done. What, what now, what now? Can you imagine the loss that could be brought to him? And again, I'm not, I'm not preaching at you because I'm preaching at all of me because I know me. I don't know you so well, but I know me. And I know the times I've argued with God. I know the times I've bargained with God. I know the times I've disobeyed God. And I know the times that I haven't. And I've seen the difference when I obey. And even though when I obey, it's not always easy. Even though when I obey, I know there's things I have to give up. There's things I have to do that I don't want to. There's people I have to love that to that point were unlovable. And they haven't changed. <laughs> but God has changed me. When I make the choice and I make the decision to say, yes, I'll go your way, God, not mine. 
See, I'm not going to even get to the end of the story this morning. Maybe next week we'll get there. But what I want you to understand is each one of us can find ourselves at some point of the story today. Maybe you're sitting here and right now, in this moment, in this day, you're saying, I am... If I was to get a grade today, it would be a good one because God has been speaking and I've been doing what he's been asking me to do. I've been putting my heart into it. I really have. I'm, I'm, I'm responding. It's not been easy, but I'm responding and I'm doing what he's asking me. That's great. Maybe you're here this morning and you would say, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I love God and I'm serving him, but Man, I'm struggling with some of the things he's asking me to do. Maybe I'm bargaining with him a little bit, trying to get him to change his mind, or arguing with him, with him trying to get him to shut up. <laughs> Maybe there are some in here this morning, or somebody in here this morning, that's just absolutely refusing to listen to God. Or maybe you're here this morning, and you don't even really have any idea what we're talking about. You haven't really experienced a calling. You haven't really experienced God drawing you. I want you to know this morning that even just like the song that we sang earlier, whosoever meaneth me, just like what we talked about, I surrender this morning, He's calling you today. If you're here this morning and you're hearing my voice, I'm telling you, He is knocking on your heart's door. He is calling you today. I'm going to finish with this scripture that I've used more than once recently, but it just jumped right in this morning as I was, this week as I was preparing the sermon for this morning. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. You see, the good news is Jesus is knocking. The good news is His desire is to come in. The good news is there's not one person within the sound of my voice or any other voice, any other preacher that's preaching the gospel this morning. There's not one person that God will refuse if you just respond to Him. There's not one person, that, that, not one Christian even out there today that if they say, God, I've been struggling, but I want to surrender to you today, there's not one that God won't come and strengthen and help in your surrender. So no matter where you're at this morning in the process, the Lord would say, I stand at the door and knock. What do you need from God this morning? Where are you in the process? What's your attitude like towards Him and towards His church and towards the people of God? Don't take the easy way this morning because it won't turn out to be easy. As I shared in Sunday school this morning, when you're lost, you're going to hell. If you're lost this morning, the people that are around us that are lost, they have no eternal hope. But this morning, the Lord says, I stand at the door and knock you need him this morning if you need salvation today if you need strength today if you need his help to surrender today he would say i am here i stand at the door and knock if you will open the door he will come in bow your heads with me close your eyes
I want you just to begin to think about what the Holy Spirit would be speaking to you today. Think about where you're at personally. Think about what God has been asking you to do and what your response to that has been. Think about what the world would look like if we just all said whatever and did what He asked us to do. And then ask yourself, is that what I want for my life? Am I willing to go to Nineveh? Am I willing to go to Nineveh? Lord, this morning in these next few moments, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts. Would help us to recognize where we're at, but not only recognize where we're at, but recognize what we need to do to get to where you want us to be. Because many times there's a great distance. And many times it's not a great distance, but every time, God, there is always something we can do to grow in you. And so, Lord, this morning, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to each one of us. God, in these next few moments, help us to determine what our response needs to be. And then help us to respond. Each one of those things is a choice that we're going to make in these next few moments. Each one of those things is a choice that only we can make for us. We can't make for somebody else and somebody can't make for us. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning, I just want to ask you if, if this morning you feel like God has stirred your heart Maybe not this morning, but maybe this message fit you because you know that He's been stirring your heart. And you've been struggling with that call. You've been struggling with that stirring. You've been, you've been bargaining, questioning, arguing with that call. But you know this morning God has pinpointed to you that it really was Him. It wasn't the world. It wasn't somebody else. It wasn't just you. But it was truly Him that was speaking to you. I want you to... With your heads bowed and eyes closed, just raise your hands so I can pray with you, so I can, I can just hold you up in prayer this morning. Who, who would that be this morning here that would say, that's me? I know the Lord has been dealing with me and I've been struggling. Yes, yes, I see those hands. Thank you for those hands this morning. And also, I would ask this question. If you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I, I'm not a Christian. I, either I've accepted the Lord a long time ago and I've walked away from that like Jonah tried to do or maybe I've never really made a commitment to the Lord, but this morning I recognize that I want to follow Him. I want to surrender my life to Him. If that would be you this morning, would you raise your hand so I can pray with you as well? Would there be one here this morning that would join and say, yes, I want to give my life to Christ. You're not committing to this church. You're not becoming a member. You're just simply saying, I want Jesus as my Lord. Lord, this morning, 
God, your word is your word. You wrote the book. You just ask us to live according to your word. And Lord, as, as a minister, as a pastor, I, 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 you just call me to live it myself and you call me to, to preach it. And God, this morning as your word has went forth and there has been people that have responded recognizing their need for more of you, their need to respond to you in the proper way this morning. God, I pray that, that today as your Holy Spirit strengthens them, as your Holy Spirit anoints them, God, that they would recognize situations where they can surrender. They recognize situations where they will say whatever you want me to do. And Lord, as your representation to the lost, we would all be willing to say yes. I represent God. I represent Jesus Christ. I'm a representation. And so, Lord, therefore, I need to live according to your will and live according to your word. Lord, and if we all, including this pastor, if we all, every time, would say yes to you, we would revolutionize the world around us with the gospel. So, Lord, I ask that you would help each one of us to recognize opportunities to say yes to you and to say yes and to live out the plan you have. Lord, I thank you for each one that raised their hand this morning. And God, I pray that right now you would honor their honesty. You would honor their faithfulness and give them what they need today to truly live out the plan you have for their life. Lord, I thank you for that. 